Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one docking bay minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. Hey, Dave. Good to be back. Happy Monday. It is a happy Monday, and we are on to Minute Docking Bay 94. 94. And as you've heard, we are joined by Star Wars Minute, Alex Robinson. Welcome. Hey, hello. I'm here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming, Alex. (laughs) My pleasure. And it's the perfect minute for you to join us. Yeah, I was I was shocked that when I uh, you know I, I looked at it and here we are with Spock going into the chamber and everything. So I was like, wow, I got some uh, some critical moments here. So uh, thanks for giving me good stuff. Yes. Um, so as I said, this is minute ninety four. This minute starts with Kirk looking at every <laughs> looking at everyone saying time for my mark. With mm-hmm. ends with Chekhov looking very nervous, saying four thousand. That was a horrible Chekhov. <laughs> you think by now you would have gotten it down. I know. So yeah. Um this is uh this is a tense minute. <laughs> so so when Kirk goes over and he does the time you know, time for my mark and you know, he turns around, everyone is staring at him like, mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? What's your plan here, man? Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure. Yeah, because yeah, Savage just says two minutes, ten seconds. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah, and then everyone, everyone's like looking at him. He's the only one panicking. <laughs> that is one of the notes I, I, I saw, that a lot of the people in the room are much calmer than Kirk is. I mean, David even has this look at him like, yeah? Yeah, he's just standing there with his sweater tied around his neck like it's no biggie. Just a casual day on the bridge. He's like he's on the deck of his uh, yacht. What's the deal with him tying his uh, his sweater around his neck like that? So uh, we had uh, Lee Hutchinson on. He's uh, he's from uh, Scotland, I believe, or England, mm-hmm. and he called he called it a jumper, which I guess that's what a sweater is called over there. Yeah, and he just he just went off on that whole his whole outfit, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> it's a, it's a I think it's a product of the times. It was you know 1982 mm-hmm. when they made this, and that's it's very preppy. So I guess they're just putting Dave, David in the preppy mode. It does seem very 80s. Why did I don't know? I I don't know which is weirder that people started doing that in the 80s or that people stopped doing that. <laughs> because it seems like it would be a handy way of of keeping your you know sweater around. But uh, I guess it, I guess everyone just so identified with the 80s that no one everyone just had to stop doing it. I've always been a sweater around my waist. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's what I would do. Very self conscious having it around my ne- my neck. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I used to put it around my waist, and then, but for some reason, I, I if now I would just hold it in my hands, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother uh, tying it around myself. Like how how lazy are you that you can't just carry your own sweater? Come on. <laughs> did either of you guys ever wear your sweaters around your neck like that? I never did. Well, you know me, Chris. I wouldn't. I would never. No, wear. I don't think. I don't think I, I ever saw you like that in no, junior high. No. <laughs> Look at Kirk. Look at how his shiny his face is. Like he's clearly perspiring, though. He's like, and I just go back to where everyone's sort of staring at him very calmly. Like Cadet Todd is behind, you know, Chekhov, and they're all just casually, and he's like sweating bullets. Like engine room, what's happening down there? Do you think he's just? Do you think he's just feeling the pressure? Like you know, obviously he's he's in charge. They're all looking to him, and and he has no answers. Right? He's, yeah, exactly. He's 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 helpless, and uh, 
So maybe this, the sweats are coming from that. Although if I were anyone else on that bridge, I would be sweating too, knowing what's going down. I, I would think the cadets would be shaking in their pants, man. Yeah, I agree. Unless maybe they just think it's part of the, you know, maybe they think it's another exercise. They're all casual. Yeah, they're like, they're just waiting for someone to come out and be like, all right, end the simulation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been Kobayashi marooned. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what, that's what it's called, right? <clears throat> that is, yeah. It is now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so we go back down to the, the Enterprise engine room, and he's in the reactor room, and... You know, Spock is fiddling with the doodad there, and Scotty and, and McCoy are yelling at him. And Chris and I had a little bit of an argument before we came online about what is said to Spock. What do you mean? What do you think he, what do you think he says, Chris? I just think they're just, <laughs> McCoy says, good God, man, get out of there. That seems pretty so self-explanatory. I, yeah. So I think McCoy says, you dumb ninny, get out of there. <laughs> There's no way. That's probably it, actually. I stand. I, I switched. I'm in favor of <laughs> you dumb ninny. I believe, and I'm just going to say that the scene that we're looking at, you know, behind McCoy and Scotty, and we're looking into the glass room, that is totally overdubbed. Like, they are, they're just standing there watching yeah. Spock do his thing, and the voices are not lining up to any motion from the two actors. But it also, it also seems like they yeah, multi, have, like there's more than one, like there's two Boneses and two Scotties at the same, like there's more voices there than it seems like there should be. Yeah, there's, there's bad, I think, yeah, bad dubbing going on here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on record, Chris, Alex, yeah. you dumb ninny. I stand dumb my, ninny. I stand, right. yeah, I say dumb ninny. Well, you should know that in Vulcan, dumb ninny t-shirt. is a very offensive term. <laughs> McCoy's lucky that Spock couldn't hear uh, right. him in that room. So when they, so as they're doing all these overdubbed, you know, Spock no and, and yelling stop and don't, um, and we're look we're looking through the glass with them. What uh, my question is, what is McCoy doing? Do you notice he's is he cowering? He doesn't seem to be. He looks like he's leaning against the glass and he's almost hiding his face. Well, it's it's. It's one of those things where they film the scene straight on and then, you know, you film it from behind and people are in different positions and his hands are clearly on the glass and he's, you know, looking at Spock. And then, yeah, it looks like he's almost hunched over, like his arms are tucked underneath him and he's sort of like, yeah, almost reading his script from, you know, whatever's on the window. Is he supposed to be sort of like recovering from having a Vulcan soul implanted into him? Oh, is, 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 Vulcan is, soul. That, what ha- is that what happened? I love that album. Is is that why he's supposed to remember? Could be. Well, maybe he's feeling. Yeah, maybe he's got the hangover or something from that mind melt. <laughs> is he praying? Maybe like, he does. He could be in a praying pose. That doesn't strike me as the religious type. Although you know he's an old fashioned country doctor, he could uh, have some religious. He likes the whiskey. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so Spock takes the knob off the top of the. You know, <laughs> So I'm going to go on record and say this looks like a giant Luke Skywalker lightsaber. Oh, wrong show. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that too. I don't know how much you've listened, Alex, but we have found elements of Star Wars in Star Trek. Hmm, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) So he takes the knob off the top of this giant tube 
do you not expect like his face to be completely melted from that jutting, you know, air blast? Like that's what I would expect. I mean, it's radi it's radiating whatever and it's dangerous obviously and killing him that I would expect his head basically to blow off. Or at least his hair to be mussed up. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I I did have the question like what is that stuff right I think we I think we learned uh, Lee uh, told us you know last week that that's a uh, that's the dilithium crystals down there and he's got a finagle with him but what is all that stuff blowing up in his face you know is it it looks like talcum powder <laughs> or is it fog or is it or is it just visible radiation <laughs> but visible radiation as a kid watching this I'm like that's what I I I, I always viscerally felt this moment you know especially when he leans forward into it like that's gotta hurt yeah we make light of this uh, i'm making light of it but yeah like i remember seeing this and even you know seeing it now you you gotta feel for the guy because he's trying to save the ship and yeah he has this like dilithium radiation or whatever's coming up and totally <laughs> killing him tachyon tachyon waves I'm just trying to come up with now some Star Trek jibber jabber that uh, you know. Jordy, really got, like, you got one. Yeah, the positronic photons of the tachyons are totally killing them. It's all positronic. You're googling this. You're googling this right now, aren't you? No, no. I've watched enough Star Trek. I've internalized that stuff. Do you think it's supposed to look like Luke's lightsaber because it's sort of symbolizing the fact that Star Trek was ruined by the fact that now sci-fi blockbusters have to be like action-driven? movies and they're kind of like oh see they, they really killed spock because spock was the sense of intellectual curiosity that drove star trek your thoughts gentlemen Whoa. that's <laughs> wow that's deep wow yeah Did, was that a thesis you wrote <laughs> <laughs> going back to wow. uh, grad school for that one i just saw that's the new uh, star trek maybe it's on my mind because i just saw the new star trek are you guys allowed to talk about that or does that uh, sure sure sure, sure. Beyond? It's called Star Beyond? Trek Beyond? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought I just thought it was dumb. I just thought it was like a like any old action movie, you know? There was no Star Trek in it anymore. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but it's true. I, I liked it. Uh, I know what you mean. I, I was definitely, uh, when the when the trailer came out, I was like, oh my God, you know, cursed driving around on a motorcycle and doing jumps and flips. And uh, and I, I was very, I went into it very leery. Uh, but I didn't, I, I enjoyed it because, and partly because it was the first reboot film that, uh, you know, wasn't just, you know, reintroducing all the characters or trying to rip yeah. off Wrath of Khan or it was, you know, they were trying to do their own Star Trek story. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I will I will say, though, it, it definitely it doesn't have the the feel of the original series. You know, it, it definitely was a lot more actiony. Oh, I think I think you could say that about a lot of them, you know, like like you said, I mean, post post this movie they realized that a lot more of the, you know, you had to have that element of action in the movies. I mean, even in, you know, Search for Spock. And while there's not as much action, say, in Voyage Home, but they tried to do it in, you know, Final Frontier. And um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the sixth one now, and that's so bad. Country. Un Undiscovered yes. Country. Oh, and I then love even the, the sixth next one. <laughs> and even the, the, the next generation movies are, you know, pretty action oriented. Um, so I, I get it. I, I I happen to like Beyond. I think it was a good Star Trek movie, much more so than Into Darkness was. Mm -hmm. I think I feel like Into Darkness was 
not great. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't well, mean what, to derail, derail the whole conversation, so sorry about that. No, no. No, that's fine. No, now you got me thinking. Like, what do I prefer? Do I like the action Star Trek or the more in- intellectual Star Trek, which I guess this would fit into that vein? I think I like the intellectual Star Trek. But you have to admit, though, so in this movie, there are action scenes, such as when the Reliant meets the Enterprise, and you know you love that scene. Oh, I do. And you love it for the action, and you love it for the tension it brings and the and the drama. You love it for everything that it is. It's not pure action. It's not, you know... Sylvester Stallone and Rambo action it is like you said maybe it's intelligent action if there is such a thing well speaking of drama and tension Spock just put his face in the radiation <laughs> um, and there's there's a even after he puts his face in then there's the next the next shot where he kind of he reaches in and you see his hand silhouetted inside and that's another moment too that I remember freaking me out as a kid like that his, he's going to melt. His hand's going to melt reaching in there. Don't do it. And it, I always thought it, even though he's got a glove on, I always thought it looked painful. Well, yeah, he's like, he's like, it, yeah, it looks like it, at one point he's even like sort of blown back a little bit. And then he's like trying to move the smoke or the radiation out of his way. And it's, he's not able to do what he needs to do in there. Kind of like the Enterprise getting away from the Reliant. <laughs> Very pained. Yeah. Yeah, so this slow, this slow retreat. Now we cut back at the Enterprise, re- try, trying to pull away from Reliant, and it's agonizingly slow. And it doesn't look like they moved at all. The Reliant is still there. Well, they had to turn, they had to back up, and you know, you know, and then and then go forward for whatever reason. Which I didn't comment on last minute, but why didn't they just sort of execute like a, you know, a turn and then hightail it out of there? They did like a back up and then a, you know, almost like a K turn, point turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just go down or something. Or, yeah. Spa- yeah, but it's space. You know, anyway, they, <laughs> they got to get away in a straight line. But you're <laughs> right. They, they, they had to turn in some direction. They're killing us with this tension. <laughs> I think the nebula looks really cool, uh, considering that it's like a kind of, I, you know, I'm sure it's some, uh, I guess it's like blue screen or whatever. Back then it was blue screen. Sure. Yep. yep. So, uh, but it looks pretty good considering that it's uh, pre pre computers. We we saw there's a I think we posted on the the Facebook page. We found a, it's a behind the scenes photo of how they how they do all the cloud effects. It's with a you know basically a big water tank and they dump liquid latex in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd always read about this many times. Like, oh yeah, that's how they do the clouds and close encounters. And um, but the photographs, these behind the scenes photographs of the tank with everything in it, it's gorgeous it's amazing how beautiful it looks and i i did not when i had tank in my head i never pictured what they show there and it's really tall you know they're filming it from all four sides and uh yeah it's beautiful it's like a giant lava lamp (laughs) exactly uh you know what else Uh, i think looks really cool uh scotty's jumpsuit (laughs) you guys already i'm sure you guys already talked about scotty's jumpsuit already uh we have there's been a lot of love for the uniforms in this film. What what do you like about the jumpsuit? Well, I like that he wears a different thing than the other people, so that like it conveys instantly that he's an engineering because he's wearing a practical you know costume and stuff. So uh, I always thought it was I always thought that was kind of a uh, you know it made sense. Like Jordy never saw it with any kind of like tool belt or anything. He should have totally have pockets everywhere and 
little gadgets and doodads that he can get at the tip of his fingers. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, uh, we talked uh, early on when the the Reliant first attacked the Enterprise. There was all this chaos in the um, in the engine room, and everybody put on their uh, they had to put on respirators. Mm-hmm. Uh, total ripoff of the respirators in Empire Strikes Back hmm. that were on the Falcon. It was awesome. No, none of us had realized it until we were actually watching. Like, wait yeah. a minute, those are like the exact same things. Huh. I bet they had to pay a royalty for that. The only thing I Not don't sure. like about Scotty's jumpsuit is that it looks like it zips up the back. It does. Seems, it totally does. It seems wildly impractical for someone who's, you know, you might have to get out of it in a hurry or something. Sure. Can you zip well, me up, go, lad? Yeah, they all go to the engineering, you know, closet there and they all zip each other up. Yeah, I guess. Well, teamwork, camaraderie and all that. It helps build up camaraderie and it shows you that you depend on other people. You can't, you're not self-reliant. There you, you have go. To, uh, Except for the oh, trainees, they... because they all ran from their post. Yeah, well. Yeah. You see, so we see the torpedo, obviously, uh, ready to detonate at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a question about that. So uh, <clears throat> the, the light show that the, the torpedo puts on is, is fantastic, right? And uh, I always get a question mark comes up is why is it spewing gas? Because when we saw the, when you see it in the simulation, they, they show them launching this torpedo and, you know, dropping it onto a planet. Um, but there wasn't like smoke and stuff coming out of it. Doesn't, I just find it an odd effect. They could have got, just gotten away with the lights. I think. Is this, is this the great answer to our photon torpedo? Uh, what happens to a photon torpedo when it gets launched? Like this is, it gets all smoky and lights and it, as it's converting, it, it burns the, the casing off. Maybe. Cause uh, I think one of our guests, and I can't remember who it was. And I apologize to our listeners for not remembering who said it, but um, maybe it was on the Facebook page that uh, the matter inside gets charged. And maybe as it gets shot out, the casing is burned away and the, you know, the photon inside when it's launched, maybe that's what's happening. Hmm. I think it's um, it's losing plasma particles, which is causing the photon disruptor to reverse the polarity, and that's why the uh, the steam is coming out of it. Alex, you're so good at this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, let's see. We cut back to the bridge, and uh, this this shot here is um, Kirk is sitting in his chair. His arms are folded, and he is just. You know, like wound up into a knot, and I I really love this this shot and this pose because uh, again it's it perfectly conveys I think the helplessness we were talking about at the beginning of the minute. Yeah, uh, there's there's nothing he can do here. It's a very uh, unkirk <clears throat> pose to be in. Usually you'd expect him to be like leaning forward in his seat and and gesturing broadly, but you're right. It really conveys his sense of kind of like uh, helpless frustration. You know. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't have a plan this time. Like he always doesn't. He doesn't believe in a no-win scenario, and I think he's finally encountered a no-win scenario. And he's, yeah, he's got a very negative posture with the arms and the legs crossed and very closed off. Yeah, and I wonder too. Do you, you know how much of this is is it is it Shatner's greatness as an actor, <laughs> or is it Nicholas Meyer just direction to say, hey, look, I need you to look tense. Cross your arms. Cross your legs. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's a. We're going to spray you with more more water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree that you know this is very unkirk like, and I it could come from both 
both ways, Direction and Shatner, you know, showing vulnerability here and showing that he, he's not quite sure that they're going to make it this time. Uh, I'm going to bring up a question which I feel might have already been addressed, but what the heck. Uh, William Shatner's uh, toupee. Have you, guys dis- have you guys discussed that? It's been hinted at. We might have briefly touched on it, but I don't think we went into anything. Uh, I am the kind of person who I'm very bad at spotting toupees. Like, if you didn't tell me, if, I, if there weren't jokes about William Shatner wearing a toupee, I would never suspect, for the most part, that he was wearing a toupee. I am on the same page as you, Alex, because I only recently heard, like in the last couple of years, that he, had, he wore a toupee, it, even as far back as this. And I had no idea. And I it's guess fantastic. he still wears Is one. Anybody, yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever seen him without one? I don't know if I've ever seen him without one. I've never seen him without him. I feel like if there, if there was a picture of him without it, everyone, every Star Trek nerd would, it would be shared all over the internet. Yeah, it'd be everywhere. You're right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But him, Burt Reynolds, I never would have suspected of having a toupee. It's, oh, yeah, definitely. If I can tell you have a toupee, then it's a really bad toupee, basically. <laughs> all right. Well, now we get all of these. The, the, less, the rest of this minute is really Kirk calling time. Savix, three minutes thirty seconds. There, they are. We're we're down to the last thirty seconds, right? David yeah. had told us they only had four minutes to go, and it could be less than that, right? Because we don't know right. really when Spock spotted the start of the countdown. Um, but we get all these, you know, these mm-hmm. kind of final final reaction shots. You know, Uhura, she looks concerned. Uh, uh, Chekhov is just kind of sitting there, and, and he, <laughs> I, you know, we talked about earlier wondering if, if Chekhov is truly free of uh, his uh, trauma with the SETI eels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I don't know, he, he looks awfully calm because he's just staring at, the, at his, whatever his view screen is. His station. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the two, the two cadets behind him just look like they're casually checking out whatever's going on in their monitor. Um, it's almost like a scene from Airplane where they're playing like Atari basketball. <laughs> Yeah, those guys behind Chekhov do not seem concerned at all. I know. I mean, right? he's he's got such a casual hand on his hip, you know, hand on the monitor, just sort of checking out what the guy's doing. Hey, what's going on over here, man? We're not in any danger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's why I think again that maybe they think this is all just an elaborate, you know, simulation or final test. Yeah, uh-huh. right. We do get we do get one. I mean, when you see David, yeah, David is definitely he's got a lot of hand wringing and arm flexing going on. Um, so so, so my note concerned. there, is, my note there is Benetton model. He's, <laughs> he's he's pushing his hands together to you know flex a little bit to give him that model look as he's wearing that sweater. He just needs a rugby and he'd be uh, complete the set. There you go. <laughs> Those are some funky slacks though. His whole outfit is a jumpsuit. Oh, is it a jumpsuit? The top part looks. I don't like know. Is it all one? I think it's a shirt and pants. I think they're just high cut pants. They're like chinos. Yeah. I also love the monitor next to him, where it's like yellow, just dots blinking all over the place. Like, what information is supposed to be conveyed by that piece of equipment there? Oh, that's the John Carlyle Christmas uh, board. <laughs> oh right, sorry, I'm not up on my. Yeah, I, I I would love to know that too. I know that Spock station. Maybe Spock is just like he, he only he can decipher it. But <laughs> there's a lot of displays like that on this ship. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's just more for decoration than practical usage. 
I guess I also felt like that was usually Uhura's station. Isn't she normally to the left of the door like that? No, she's to the right. Uh, no. Yeah, she's, in the old show, she the... wasn't? Uh... Anyway. Nope, she was always to the left, you know, from Kirk, and then Spock was to the right. Because he always had that uh, thing that he looked into, the scanner with the blue light. Yeah. Oh, but you know what's different, Alex, is there's there's two doors on this bridge. Oh, that's probably what's confusing me. It's all skewed now. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So, yeah. So, I think we get to the, the last uh, Kirk calls a distance distance from Alliant, asks for the distance, and uh, the checkoff starts to say 4,000. That's where the minute ends. Yeah. Dramatic. Cliffhanger. 4,000 feet? 4,000 miles? Parsecs. So, yeah. <laughs> Wrong show. Uh, so yeah, do you guys have any other notes for this one? I do not. That's all I got for ninety-four. Ninety-four. Alex, do you uh, do you remember the first time you saw Rathacon? I don't remember the first time. I don't think I saw in the theater, but I think I, it was the, one of those kind of things where it was on uh, HBO like all the time when I was. Uh, I guess first got HBO or whatever. So I just remember watching it a lot. So I don't remember the yeah. first time I specifically saw it though. I wasn't much of a Trekkie as a kid. I thought it was, uh, I guess being used to star Wars, I thought star Trek was kind of dull. Uh, it wasn't until I was older, like in high school that I really started to, uh, appreciate the, uh, the appeal of star Trek. Cause up until then, when I was a kid, I was just like, why don't they shoot stuff? Why don't they just blow stuff up? They're always just like talking to energy clouds <laughs> and, like standing around talking about what they're going to do. I'm like, just blow stuff up. So, uh, so this one was fun because it had a lot of, uh, blowing up, uh, stuff in it. So, uh, yeah, for sure. So would you say, so then, uh, for me, Star Trek was kind of my first taste of science fiction, right? Cause I used to watch mm-hmm. Star Trek reruns when I was little with my, my, my dad before Star Wars came out. Uh, so was that not, not, not the case for you? You, you were kind of Star Wars first was your, yeah, I was first um, dive into science fiction. I guess I was seven when I saw Star Wars, so I didn't see much. I I know my dad loved Star Trek and he would watch it, but I just didn't have the patience for it. So, uh, yeah, like I said, until I was older, and I was always much more of a next generation fan than a classic series fan. Although I do like the the original series, but uh, mm. Next Generation was more the one that I watched because there were new episodes when I was watching it. So you know, had more, much more. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I was much more involved in it. So, all right. Well, great. Well, uh, why don't we wrap up here? And, uh, uh, geez, Alex, you want to share with people where they might be able to find you? Do you have any projects going on that you want to share with the listeners out there? Uh, well, I am the co-host of a podcast called star Wars minute, uh, where we go through, uh, the, all the star Wars movies. We're in the middle of attack of the clones and, uh, it's, it's pretty challenging. It's fun. I, I'm actually enjoying doing the con. The movie isn't that good, but it's fun uh, talking about it. So uh, if people go to StarWarsMinute.com, they can check that out. And uh, I'm also a cartoonist. And you can see my comics over at ComicBookAlex.com. Excellent. Well, yes, if you haven't heard of it, guys, you should check it out. Um, so you can find us online. Uh, we're on Twitter at WOK Minute. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at the Wrath of Con Minute Listener Federation. And you can always send us an old-fashioned email at podcast at wrathofconminute.com. Uh, and we are going to be back here on Wednesday with Minute 95 of Star Trek II, 
here at the Rathacon Minute. 94. <laughs>